so we've had that business 11 years. I've been completely phased out to the point where I don't know the names of the employees. I don't know the jobs that go. I don't know the money that comes in and out. I know my check clears every week, but that's about it because we moved on to other things. Welcome to the Nailed It Podcast with your host, Joseph Hughes, founder of Contractor Dynamics and creator of the Dynamic Accelerator Program found at ContractorDynamics.com. Sit back, relax, and welcome to today's fire episode on the business of construction. What's up, everyone? I'm here with my good buddy, Dave Carroll of Dope Marketing, and we're going to talk about some dope marketing today. So what's up, man? How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, this time of year, you know, in, uh, in the summertime, everyone's extremely, extremely busy. So we're, <laughs> we're just trying to keep up. Yeah, I hear you, man, for sure. Thanks for making the time. So uh, we're going to dig into a lot here. You guys focus a lot on direct mail and software and and really geo-targeting and things like that, uh, which is what we kind of do on the on the social media and you guys do in the, in the real world, I guess. Uh, but first of all, can you give, give the audience a little bit of a snapshot uh, as to who you are, where you're at, you know, what dope marketing is all about? Absolutely. So uh, my name is Dave Carroll, CEO of a little company, as Joe introduced, of Dope Marketing. We are a print shop, but before anything, we're a data company. So it's like every good campaign, you can have the best list or the worst list or the best campaign or the worst campaign. But if you don't have a foundation of data, of targeting, that campaign's not going to go anywhere. And so we focus a lot on lists of homeowners, insurance companies, new movers, houses by square footage, a lot of the data that you guys have probably used in your business before. We take the traditional approach, though, the application of direct mail and then anything else you need printed for your business. But I would say dope marketing before we're anything. We are a print shop that helps you get laser targeted with your direct mail efforts. All right. Awesome. I think we all uh, can nod our heads to laser targeting, right? We don't just want to spray and pray and, and get our name out there and just hope for the best. We want to really laser target in on those neighborhoods, those gated communities, those towns that we really want to focus on. So, so with direct mail, uh, is that, is it back? It did it ever go out? Like, is it more effective than it used to be? Like, what's the, what's the deal there? I'm sure you get that question all the time. Yeah. And, and, and a lot, and, it, and, it, and it's a great question. So here's the deal. Direct mail has been around forever. And until the post office closes, which is no time soon, it's not going anywhere. And I always try to reflect on, you know, recent things, what happens, you know, I have some uh, success leaves clues. And so for me, my background, even before dope marketing, I own a cleaning company here in the Twin Cities that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I built that business off of direct mail. And it was much more of what you just said, Joe, it was that, that kind of spray and pray approach, EDDM and times have changed. So the idea now is any marketing company, whether it's a traditional or a digital marketing company, our job is keeping up on best practices, understanding like what's working best in the world right now. And best practices nowadays, we learned a lot of interesting things last year in 2020 with people staying home, being laid off, working from home, the home service space continuing to grow because people weren't taking vacations. Um, the kids were out of school. They weren't spending their money on, you know, Disneyland and Gucci belts and all these other things, but instead improving or renovating their home. You know, I think the statistic is like 95% of homeowners 
that's going to be their biggest investment ever in their life is their home. And when people that are a little bit more affluent didn't have an opportunity to spend as much money, we saw spikes in remodeling, the roofing space, exterior living spaces. Those categories really scaled and grew because people were investing in the biggest investment they ever made. And so to the question of is direct mail dead or is it still around? One thing that we saw as consumers last year, just think about your mailbox. There was less mail in your mailbox, the restaurant, the real estate agent, the golf course, the dentist, they weren't in your mailbox as much. The beauty of that is that you had the opportunity as a home service business to stick out in the mail a little bit more. And now as technology advances, one of my favorite things in the world now that, that goes along with direct mail is, is the attribution of things like a QR code. Consumers got trained last year. My 75-year-old mother could walk into a restaurant now and be trained to scan a QR code. And so when I go into you know my spiel around direct mail is not dead, it's more alive than ever because technology has allowed us to get more granular and automated and laser focused with direct mail, the, re, the, the rebirth of the QR code has also came in directly with the attribution or association of tracking direct mail. And so not only is direct mail not dead, but actually got more powerful, there's more tracking that consumers are now used to to give a level of attribution to direct mail that actually wasn't possible before. All right, that's awesome. So adapting with consumer behavior, uh, super smart. Um, so for those of uh, those in the audience who might not be aware or might not really fully understand the concept, what is attribution? That's a fancy word. Right. So attribution, again, fancy word for tracking. When we put a dollar in the marketing vending machine, doesn't matter, direct mail, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. Attribution is a very fancy word for tracking and lets you get into the weeds and say, I put a dollar in this machine and two dollars spit out. So I know this is probably a good investment for my business definition of, of attribution. All right, cool. So if you send a thousand direct mail pieces, you want to know how many calls you're getting, how many website visits you're getting, how many leads you're getting, what, what kind of money you're making from, from that direct mail campaign. Exactly. Cause think about it. I mean, like, We've all heard of direct mail or received marketing mail in our life, whether we use it in our business every day right now or not. The idea is like direct mail can be one of the more expensive forms of advertising. And especially if you're not tracking it, if you're not attributing back your marketing dollar to what you spent. And there's some really cool ways to do that with all marketing channels, but specifically with direct mail. Cool. So you mentioned QR codes and yeah, I mean, it's funny how, I guess they came out, whatever, 20 years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> they kind of had their day and then they kind of just kind of hibernated for a while and then came out, came back last year in full force, yeah. uh, which is awesome. So super easy. I mean, every restaurant you go to, it's like snap the menu. It's very easy. So QR codes on, on postcards, direct mail pieces, that makes sense. What else do you guys like recommend using like unique URLs or unique phone numbers and things like that? Yeah. And so like, like go back to the, the best practices statement, right? It, it'd be one thing if someone had some shiny new bell or whistle, but we all know that's not a marketing company's job. We don't want to come up with some brand new idea. We want to take something that's working well in your business and be able to like, there are people that have the same problem as people who just use your company that just haven't heard about you. And so the idea is, 
through tracking and through attribution, the world is based off data. And that's why we consider ourselves a data company. But it's like when you look at the ways to attribute marketing, the ways to attribute direct mail or track direct mail, there's three pillars that we really stand on at Dope Marketing. So the first thing, call tracking number, right? Call rail, grasshopper, Twilio, whatever you're using that's integrated with your CRM, you want to have a number that people can call or text. It's the same concept of like, some people read books, some people do audiobooks, some people like to watch something to retain information. Customers interact, some people are callers, some people are texters, some people are website visitors. So you wanna give them these options. The number one thing that you can do first for any marketing campaign is use a call tracking number. And what I recommend, have a number that you can call or text. That's what's really important. You want the ability to say, okay, Depending on how I want to communicate, I might want to pick up the phone, I might want to text, using a tracking number and using that individually. You don't want to send out 10 different postcard campaigns with the same number because you can't track back what's coming in. Single tracking numbers are going to be the first pillar of how you can track or attribute back how many phone calls you got from a direct mail campaign. Second, like you just mentioned, Joe, is a QR code. And they were, they were dead, right? And 10 years ago, you might've seen a QR code on a vending machine. Like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this thing? I'm not gonna pull my phone out and get it. You know, they, they kind of died on the vine, but because of COVID, everything that happened, whatever, the idea was like QR codes now, even as business owners, we're all still consumers. And we're trained now. I remember I walked into a, uh, a Five Guys the other day to pick up dinner for the family. And you know those soda machines you walk up to where like you can mix all the flavors or do this stuff? Oh, I yeah. walked up to this thing and it was like, scan this QR code for a touch-free experience on this. And you could run the machine from your phone and it just hit me. It's like, this isn't going anywhere. Like QR codes are here to stay. And what makes it so cool is with a QR code, you can send that destination anywhere. So the idea is like, when you have a QR code, whether you want to send it to a unique URL, you want to have it open up a, a little menu where they can watch a video or pick a number to call or text or whatever, you're in so much control with that QR code. And because the customer sees a QR code and is going to scan it, we've almost, well, so we've been testing, I shouldn't say almost, we've been testing over the past month not even putting a URL anymore on a postcard, but instead saving that space for a call to action or something and just using the QR code. Because depending on what program, and I challenge anyone watching this or listening, just get on Google. There's a million of these things now for the best QR code program or reader, like Google's got one that's free. I've talked to clients that are paying 20, 30, 40 bucks a month for their QR code reader. And some of them come with a little landing page builder or some other bells and whistles. You guys are smart business owners. Pick, pick the tool that works right for you. But as long as it can generate a QR code, you can control the destination. The idea is, and I won't get too Bill Nye here, but if you send out a postcard campaign, and let's say you're going to send them to a web page, the idea is they can't get to that web page outside of scanning that QR code. You have your, your marketing team, your website guy, whoever it is, put a form on that web page that they couldn't fill out unless they got there because now you can track or attribute back. Okay, 
Dave sent Joe a postcard. Joe got it, scanned the QR code, got to the page. He's like, yep, I'm smelling what you're cooking. I'm going to fill out this form because I want an inspection or whatever. You know that that lead of Joe came from that postcard because you couldn't scan that QR code unless you got the postcard, which took you to that page. They filled out the form. Very powerful way to track or attribute back Someone got a postcard, filled out a form, and now I've spent that marketing dollar, two came out, and it makes sense to my business to be able to do this. And the third and final way, if Joe the Roofer sends direct mail with us every month, there's a list of people he sent mail to. We're going to ask Joe to go into Job Nimbus, Acculinks, whatever, and get your leads for the month. So we mailed all of June. David Dope Marketing is going to hit up Joe and say, hey, Joe, Shoot me over that list of prospects or those leads that you had in June. And what I'm going to do at Dope Marketing is take the list of prospects. I'm going to bounce it against the list of people that we sent mail to. So even if they didn't call the tracking number or text it or whatever, or they didn't scan the QR code, but Joe and his wife got the card, had a conversation, and they see Dave's roofing company driving down the street and they waved him down. It's hard to track that back using the call tracking or the QR code. But we can all always every month, if you send us your list of leads or prospects, we can bounce it against the list of people we sent mail to and get that final layer of attribution and say, you sent this house a postcard. So whether they filled out the form or not, we can at least credit and say they got a card. The, the family, the husband and wife, whoever probably had a conversation and we can at least track that back to we sent these people some mail and that turned into a job down the road. Wow, that's awesome. I love your energy when you're talking about this stuff. You're super excited, which uh, which is contagious. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my notes here. Call tracking for sure. The QR, uh, QR code thing. I know uh, one of our clients in um, Indianapolis, Indy Roof Company, uh, they have yard signs with QR codes for their individual project yeah. managers. Is that we, you? I think we printed those for them, yeah. Is that you guys? So we've seen them. I, I don't know every client, but I know we've got into the habit of printing those, and that, that company rings a bell. Yeah, so he showed me uh, when we were hanging out uh, last month out in Utah. And so, yeah, you scan, you, you put your uh, QR code reader, your camera up to the QR code on the yard sign, and it takes you to a landing page for that sales rep or project manager that, that put that yard sign in. And you go there and it's like, hey, Dave Carroll here from Indie Roof Company. And here's what I specialize in. Here's a little bit about me. Here's how we help homeowners in the area. And that's a, a closed system, I believe, where, like I said, the only way that someone's getting to that page is by scanning that QR code. The only way someone's filling out that form on that sales rep's landing page is from that QR code. So you can track the ROI from your yard signs, direct mail, wherever that QR code is, of course. So that was really cool. I haven't seen that that done, but I'm sure that's going to become more popular, uh, you know, as you guys continue to grow and use that with more and clients. And it's just, it goes back to like what we were talking about, like best practices. So we have a client out in Pennsylvania. They have a program and they set it up. I think the guy's got 10 reps in the field. So we did two postcards for each rep and it's exactly what you're talking about on that yard sign. It's got a picture of the guy. It's got a tracking number. It's got a QR code. Every time they get a build approved, we send 25 postcards, and then when they schedule the build a week, two weeks later, wherever their timeline is, we send out another 50 postcards. Through using this tracking that we're talking about, these guys are bringing back a minimum of two jobs 
per 75 postcard. So even at retail at 99 cents a postcard or whatever it is, $37.50 for a job coming from the neighbors of where you already are. They're seeing your truck wrap. They're seeing your Facebook ads. They're seeing your website. The direct mail is just another touch, but it's going to be one of the most intimate touches. They're at their house. It's in their hands. They're seeing it. They saw your truck drive by. They saw your yard sign. They saw the guy at the gas station seeing the back of your shirt or the polo or whatever. Marketing nowadays, I mean, I'm a broken record with this stuff. Marketing nowadays is just best practices. And so it's not always about, all right, Joe, if I hire you today, what's my ROI going to be? It's like, how do I check all the boxes for cross-channel marketing to make sure that when a customer sees me, they're, I'm memorable. They've seen, I always tell a story about like Home Depot, right? Dave and Joe, the dads of the neighborhood, we circle together. We go, we're going to go get the best lawnmower. We're going to go to Home Depot on this Saturday. So we go to Home Depot and we go to look at the lawnmowers and we're smart consumers. We're not going to buy right away. You can't trick me, Home Depot. So we go, we look at a couple lawnmowers. We're in the store. We leave the store and what do we see? We see the big Home Depot sign. We're leaving the parking lot. There's a, you know, a newspaper thing flying around with the Home Depot ad on it. We get on the freeway. We see a billboard for Home Depot. We get home. We look on TV. There's a commercial for Home Depot. We look in the mailbox. There's a postcard. Home Depot had hired Joseph, so they know how to, you know, I get online and the lawnmower is following me around on the internet now. And finally, I get this emotional feeling where I'm just like, all right, Home Depot, you got me. You gave me the warm and fuzzies. I trust you. And years ago, it took a $10 million budget to do that. You had to be a Home Depot. But nowadays, with technology, with best practices, a roofing company, a home service company can dial in on whether it's one zip code, their service area, and create that exact same feeling, that exact same emotion. There's yard signs, there's door hangers, there's the Facebook ad, there's the postcard, there's all this stuff going on. And as long as you have this uniform feeling of checking all of those boxes, you can create that exact same feeling or emotion that Joe and Dave had on their Home Depot experience or tour. And that's our job as business owners, as entrepreneurs, is to create that feeling for our customer because trust breeds sales, sales breeds scale, and who doesn't want to scale their business? Trust breeds sales and sales breeds scale. That's a quotable. Love it. I love that you say that. It's best practices. You know, there's nothing that, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel here. This is like, especially when you talk about the roofing construction industry, where most companies are a few years behind the times, like the industry is kind of lagging in innovation. And so just by doing these basic things, it's like, yeah, imitate like you said, the big companies, Home Depot, Amazon, Apple, you know, they're all following us around with their ads and retargeting us wherever we go. And those same technologies are available to, to you and I, to any company that's listening to this. It just takes a you know a little understanding of the basics of the fundamentals, but it doesn't it doesn't cost a lot of money. It just takes, you know, putting some of the pieces in place. And uh, it's so powerful to have that, we call it the omnipresence effect, right? These guys are everywhere. And, and all those little touch points, they do build trust. You know, and as much as we wanna, we wanna go knock a door, you know, we wanna run a Facebook ad and, you know, and sign a deal right there for a roof replacement or a kitchen remodel or whatever it is, you know, the reality is that's not how most, most consumers are doing business, right? Those are, 
these are high consideration purchases. We're talking, you know, five figures, six figures in some in some cases, uh, maybe even more. So people are going to do their research, right? They're going to check out different options. They're going to, um, you know, look at reviews. They're going to, they're busy. So they might have to wait a few weeks or a few months. They might have to wait till they get their money in line. Um, so there's like a whole big, long decision-making process. And I think most of the industry, uh, if we're talking about roofing in general or, you know, specifically, is like, oh, you know, this guy doesn't want to sign a deal today. Right, yeah, exactly. him, right. Like, no, that's that's a good lead that you yeah. can nurture over time. Absolutely. Right? It's just it goes to again, you, you look at the homeowners and it's just like you bring up that five figure, six figure transaction. It's not going to be this immediate thing ever. This is a huge decision. It's so if, if buying the home is the first, you know, the, the biggest investment they're ever going to make in their life. The additions they make to that home are going to be the second and third biggest investment. So there's a timeline to that stuff. And it goes back to what you were saying, the the trust, the trust of that transaction and what makes people trust you if they see you everywhere. Good marketing breeds trust. Think of the companies, even the local companies, whoever's watching this in your area, think of the top roofing or HVAC or whatever company it is. It's because they have billboards. It's because they have Facebook ads. It's because you see stuff in the mail. They're following that omni-channel approach, which is nowadays, it's just that. It's best practices. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I talk about this and I'd like to get your thoughts on it too from a marketing and business perspective. Most, you know, if, if we're talking about homeowners, residential roofing or exterior renovation or any any sort of home services, really, you know, most homeowners don't necessarily need to choose the best contractor in in the area right but we do want to make a risk-free decision like we don't want to make a risky decision so you know whether it's like hiring a contractor whether it's you're going to uh you know going out of town and you're looking at a hotel like we stay at brand name hotels because we don't want to take a risk on like this small boutique hotel that could be awesome but it could also suck and, you know, it's the same with contracting. Like we don't need to hire, I don't need to hire the best roofing company here in New Jersey where I am, but I do want to make sure that I hire someone that, that I feel good about, that I can trust. And so all those, you know, the good marketing, those touch points, being everywhere, um, having that brand recognition helps to build that trust and, and help people make like a risk-free decision. Absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're looking at it from creating trust, the best thing that you can do to get your customers to trust you is is <laughs> bite my tongue a little bit when I say this. You have to give them a reason to trust you. So like we live in this world of instant gratification, right? Amazon Prime, deliver my groceries to my house. I'm going to buy this thing that I saw off Instagram because why? Cuz I saw it has 400 reviews. And I trust it enough that people had a good experience. So reputation management is huge. I know there's a ton of softwares and options and stuff in there that tie into CRMs, but putting focus into your reviews, into your testimonials, but highlighting that stuff because we've all had experiences in our life that aren't very memorable there was no intimacy involved in those decisions. And so when you can take, and whether it's highlighting a review, giving a testimonial, this day and age, there's a balance between trust and instant gratification. And the way you do that is through reviews and through testimonials and highlighting that in your marketing, whether it's on Facebook or through direct mail, having one of those touches saying, hey, 
we just helped your neighbors or someone in your area just got approved for a roof for $40,000. It gets someone's gears turning like, oh, I don't have to, I don't have to be the, the first one to experience, but then you can throw into it the FOMO, the fear of missing out because someone in your area has done something and taken advantage of something and shared that experience. So the more that you can highlight that through your marketing, the more advantageous that's going to be not only to your customers, but to you as well, because they come in with a little bit of a warmer feel or trust that you don't necessarily have to build. I have a, a story. So we do, uh, we do some work with our buddies uh, at Crest Exteriors down in Texas. And so we have these at Dope Marketing, we have these really cool, uh, these handwriting machines. Like they can do like this note right here was not written by a human. That was actually written by a machine. And so we ran a test for Crest down in Austin. They were opening up a new location. Wow. And what we saw was, so direct mail is going to get what, what's the, the stats, the response rate, right? A one to 5% response rate off direct mail. And the more you send, the more is going to happen, right? So we sent a mailing out for uh, what their Austin location, a couple thousand handwritten pieces. And I think they got 20, 30 leads, you know, as a one, 2% response rate to a cold audience, not terrible, definitely like profitable when you weigh out what they made versus what they spent. But what Sam, the manager down there told me was that they've never had a warmer response at the door because the people had gotten a handwritten letter or an envelope from them, opened it up. And just because they didn't call right away, when those guys went and knocked that door or got a lead, they're like, oh, you're Joe. You were the one that wrote me the letter. That feeling, that emotion of warming that up through trust and what we did. So we sent like a flyer for them like this. And what did it highlight? We've helped your neighbor get an approval or, you know, something along that messaging. So you're taking this customer by the hand and walking them down this road of intimacy and creating trust where at the end of it, there's a transaction, but it's our job to lay down that road or that path. And you can do that in a lot of different ways through leveraging reviews, testimonials, or just bringing up situations where you've helped someone. I have this corny saying where it's like, us as business owners or even homeowners, you have a hundred problems during the day. We just solve seven of them perfectly. And so the idea is that your customers have these problems, right? And you can't be a jack of all trades or doing a million things for them. You want to address the problems they have where you're an expert and leveraging reviews, previous experience and testimonials, I think is one of the best or most powerful ways to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can sit here and tell people how amazing we are and how we have a process and we're unique and we have core values, this, that, and the other thing. But the minute that we have someone else talking about how great we are like that, there's so much more weight there, you know, getting someone else to talk about us. I, I love that that Crest Exteriors example of kind of warming up the neighborhood with those letters. That's fantastic. We train our clients and doing the same thing with social media ads, right? Facebook and Instagram. You can, you know, blanket an entire neighborhood, gain a community, a whole town, zip code, whatever you want. And, you know, for pennies, uh, you can show up on the phones of people in that area before you send out your canvassers, before your guys are going out to knock those doors. And, you know, especially, you know, if you're like the 10th roofer to knock that door, you're going to be able to stand out. You know, not everyone's going to say, hey, I saw your I saw your video on my phone, but 
you know, subconsciously or consciously, there's going to be that that recognition of of your face or your brand or the logo or the colors, and that's going to help to um, you know increase that increase that close rate at the door for sure. We've seen some guys doing some really powerful stuff in the combination of digital and traditional. So let's say it's you know Dave's roofing or whatever. You do a Facebook video holding the postcard or the letter. Hey guys, what's up? This is Dave Carroll from Dave's Roofing. I just wanted you to be clear, check out for your mailbox. You're gonna get one of these postcards in the mail. So keep a lookout. We got a great value, great offer. It's a free gutter guard upgrade or a free referral bonus of a Ruth Chris gift card or whatever. Make sure you watch out for this in the mail. We're gonna be in your neighborhood. Check out for the trucks. We're in the area. Don't hesitate to stop or ask a question, you know, whatever. So you run a video like that on Facebook, just like what you're talking about, Joe. It's the same thing, bringing up something that's going to happen. They get that brand recognition. They see something. So even if you're leaving behind a door hanger or they see your sign across the street in the neighbor's yard or whatever, lining up those touches and checking those boxes, it's just become best practices nowadays. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna steal that idea. That's fantastic. Because, um, you know, you're you're basically what you're doing is you're making like a micro promise like hey i'm gonna do this i'm gonna show up and then when you do show up it's like oh this guy told me what he was gonna do then he actually did it like there's a lot of trust right there that's huge yeah so yeah dave i want to get into um the types of clients that you work with and and how you guys work like you know, does someone come to you guys? Uh, is it like, is it one campaign or is it like a longer term deal? Like, what do you see being most effective with with roofing companies and, and contracting companies in general? So I go back to what I was saying with like, you know, people have a hundred problems during the day and we just solve seven of them perfectly. Direct mail is traditionally a very hard thing to do. You got to get your list and get that dialed in. You got to get your design done. You got to find a print shop. You got to deal with the mail house, set up the tracking, all that stuff. We take all of that and put it in a pretty little box. That is our foot in the door with any company that's not currently having success with direct mail. We can sit down, talk, and help with a strategy. So we have a software, Dope360, that allows you to send direct mail at no minimum order. We can help implement all these different tracking, whether it's the QR code, the call tracking number, the, the list attribution that we talked about. We can help with all that. One of the most powerful things that I think we can do for any size roofing company, it doesn't matter if you've been open 30 years, you got 100 locations, or if you just opened last week. We don't really care because the thing is, laser-focused targeting creates the intimacy, which creates the trust, which creates the sales, which creates the scale. And so for us... We like to take roofing companies and show them how easy it is to be sending postcards to the neighbors of jobs that you got approved for insurance. Maybe you're trying to work an area into retail. Maybe it's an old storm and you have an area that's going to expire in a couple months and there's an offer to kind of clean up one of those fringe areas or something like that. Our goal is to get a company sending laser-focused direct mail with any budget. You can spend 100 bucks a month with us, you can spend $100,000 a month with us, or anywhere in between because there's no minimum order. Guys, here's, here's the honest thing. If you would have told me three years ago that I would have owned a print shop, I would have told you you're crazy. That was not in the life plan, that was not in the agenda, nothing like that, but what we saw very quickly when we started to develop our software, so we've been a data company for years, 
We used a lot of different companies for fulfillment. Think of it like your, your window crew, your siding crew, your gutter crew, whatever. It's the same thing in print. It's like we found that we weren't getting the result we wanted on the fulfillment, whether it was the quality of the product, the tracking, the, the, the turnover time. Someone calls us for a tracking number. We can't, whatever the case is, manufacturing things internally became very important to us as our direct mail software grew. And so for us to work with a roofing company, we're still a print shop. We can do your yard signs, your door hangers, your brochures. We have things called business bundles here at Dope Marketing where we can take a number of different products, sell you a block of design hours. We charge 70 bucks an hour for design. We sell you five hours. We chop through, make sure everything looks uniform, right? The, the website that you have already or your truck wrap. We want to see that stuff because your door hanger, your yard sign, your postcard, your flyer, your whatever, it all has to look the same to create that trust. So we can always do that. But the best way that we can help a roofing company scale and gain new business is by helping you implement direct mail with a proven strategy. We have all the templates. We have all the designs. We have all anything that you guys need to make direct mail simple. That has really been our focus and our and our you know our go into any roofing company because again, we don't run Facebook, TikTok. I'm not going to build your website. We're not going to do your AdWords. We don't want anything to do with. There's people and experts that do all of that stuff. Very great. We're going to ha handle the traditional side of your marketing, specifically the direct mail, but then anything else you need printed for your business, we can help with that also. Awesome. That is perfect. That makes so much sense. And I know, and I got I to gotta bring it up because it's a question I'm sure you get a lot. We get all the time, right? Everyone in the roofing and contracting industry has been burned by marketing before, right? Whether it's Facebook ads, direct mail, it's, you know, Google, website, SEO, like you name it, right? It's, it's pretty crazy. And it's unfortunate, right? Because there are a lot of good companies out there. Like you guys. Very unfortunate. What do you say to someone who is, uh, you know, an owner, a leader who's skeptical, like, yeah, maybe I want to try this, but I've done direct mail in the past. And, you know, it didn't work. We didn't get any results. Um, like, what do you, you know, what do you say to that person? Because, you know, I say this, we just put the very and I, I say this not to like put you on the hot seat, but like, because no, I, yeah. we get it all the time too. And, and we, we want to help. Right. And if someone's coming to us and being like, yeah, you know, I tried Facebook ads and it didn't work. Well, you're still reaching out to us because like, there's, there's some belief in you that, that this can work. So like, let's get by that because we want to help. And we know that it can work. We know that most companies in the roofing industry, flat out suck at marketing if they're even doing it. So Absolutely. like, I, you know, Absolutely. we see someone who, who has like, you know, a glimmer of hope, like we want to help them so bad and, and make it, make it a win right. for them. The idea is we, we get asked the same question all the time, Joe, you know, what, why, why is, is your marketing company good? Or I've been burned before. I have the, you know, tongue in cheek. I have the ex-girlfriend syndrome or whatever. I got treated poorly. How am I supposed to trust you in what you're talking about? So here's the deal. Our job is a little bit more simple than a standard marketing company because we can tell you that your pieces went out, that the design was tracked. It's not as much about like, you know, you hire a, a call center and the leads are good, the leads are bad, whatever. Joe, we were kind of talking about this before we hopped on live. Like my job, jokingly, is pretty simple because I just have to ask you like, hey dude, did your box get there? We provided tracking on the thing. Now, I say that to say this, direct mail has been around for a very long time. What makes us very different than other print or direct mail companies is that 
our software allows you to send direct mail at no minimum order. If you walked into Minuteman Press or got on Got Print or Vista Print or whatever, they don't have the ability to do the things we do. We're very huge proponents of best practices. And so with our software, because you can get on and send direct mail with no minimum order, it unlocks, it unlocks some capabilities. First off, if you came to me tomorrow and said, hey, Dave, I've heard of you. I've heard of dope marketing. Here's $10,000 and I just want you to go like, that's not how we operate over here. We need to have a conversation about where, where was your business at last year? How many builds are you doing a week? What are you guys doing currently in neighborhoods to get more jobs around the jobs that you're currently doing? Because that's where we're going to plug into any company right away. It doesn't matter if you've been open 30 years and got 100 locations or you just opened last week. Our job is still the same. You're out doing what you're good at. There are people in those areas who just simply haven't heard of your company and using strategic direct mail, we can get a touch in to educate those people. Direct mail is going to be, like I said earlier, one of the more expensive forms of advertising, but it's also one of the most intimate. So if we can go out and set up a campaign for every time that you do a build or get a job approved, 50 postcards go out to the neighbors and now the build is scheduled and another 50 postcards go out. We can track back and tell you how many jobs come from that. There's not many print or direct mail companies that can say that and sleep well at night. Again, guys, we all know about the beady-eyed marketing weirdos eating Cheetos in their underwear in their mom's basement taking thousands of dollars from you a month. We've all been there and we've all dealt with it. The proof is in the pudding. And so when you can go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the call, the tracking, the attribution, or being able to see that, I sent postcards, they went out, and now it aligns with all the other things we can do in your business. Direct mail is very hard. It's a cumbersome process, and our focus at Dope Marketing is making that as easy as humanly possible. So even though we have marketing at the end of our names, it's a little bit easier for us on the traditional side to say, hey, we printed your stuff, it delivered, we set it up to deliver automatically. So whether it's getting on a yard sign subscription or a door hanger subscription, you don't want to have to order these things every month. So you say, Dave, I want to get on a $1,000 subscription for print per month and just make sure my door hangers and my yard signs get there. We can do that. If it's something as easy as marking jobs paid, completed, approved, whatever in your CRM and the postcards go out, that's going to make us very different than any of the other print companies that you may have heard of or used of in the past. Awesome. I love it. And what I take from that is similar to how we operate is if you have a strategy and you have tracking and attribution and you're, you're going to be able to pivot if something's not working, then, you know, that's, that's a winning, that's the winning formula. Exactly. All right. So that makes sense. Um, have a strategy, tracking attribution, be able to pivot and uh, and be aligned, you know, with the company that you're working with. Like you said, if someone's going to come to you with ten thousand bucks and say, "Hey, you know, get get me some leads," that's not really a great conversation to have. And I think that's what so many roofing companies want to do. They just want to write a check or you know put their credit card on file and just hope for magic to happen. But you've got to you've got to have some best practices already going on. You've got to have a strategy. You've got to collaborate you know, with the companies that, that are going to help you do these things or else you're just going to light your money on fire. So, you know, it's something that we see all, like all the time and it's just, it's, it's not, it's not productive. 
Um, so you've got to be involved in this stuff, right? All right. So Dave, one thing that I saw on your website that intrigued me, and I, I want to bring it up because I think a lot of the audience will be intrigued with this as well. You own a pretty successful home maintenance company that uh, I guess more or less runs without you at this point. And uh, that's kind of yeah. an enviable, enviable position that I think a lot of people would want to get to where you operate a business and you don't have to really run the day to day. Can you just tell us about that a little bit and uh, you know how that works? Yeah. So the, the first business I started when I was 25 was a uh, power washing, window cleaning, gutter cleaning. And then we eventually got into the Christmas, the holiday lighting stuff, too. I had never really been a very good employee. Um, it was one of the only jobs I had ever had was working at this window cleaning company. And so I said, heck, let's give this a try. It took uh, me and four of my knucklehead buddies to carry a 24-foot ladder out of Home Depot. For anyone that's carried a 24-foot ladder, that's not usually a five-man job. But we we figured out how to, how to get that home to my mom's house to start the business. And basically, through just, you know, like what we've all been through, I saw... We started scaling pretty quickly with that business. Within the third or fourth year, you know, we were doing what companies in that in that space. It takes them usually like 10 years to get to. So we had some early success. And I remember being at this convention and looking around the room and was just like, this isn't my passion. Like, this isn't my goal to be, you know, whether it was out on the truck or just doing bids or doing whatever. I had that entrepreneurial mindset where I was like, there's something more here. And so for me, it was like, I started studying, remember, success leaves clues. And there are people way smarter than any one of us on this podcast, watching it, whatever, where it's like, people have all this stuff figured out already. And so I set a plan and a goal that was, I'm going to phase myself completely out of this business. And so we've had that business 11 years. I've been completely phased out to the point where I don't know the names of the employees. I don't know the jobs that go. I don't know the money that comes in and out. I know my check clears every week, but that's about it because we moved on to other things. That was about four years ago. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's been a, a difficult and a long process to figure these things out, but it's always very humbling to be able to, to bring it up and talk about it because, yeah, I mean, I haven't been to that office in a year, like haven't set foot there. And it's it's a business that it's seasonal. We're here in the Twin Cities. I mean, we do a little snow removal over the winter or whatever. And like I said, we added the holiday lighting services. But I mean, it's it's really cool to see something that can run on its own. And I give a lot of credit for anyone that hasn't read the book Traction. Uh, that was a big part of putting the systems together for that business and understanding, you know, when something can operate for you. The thing is, like for me, it's it's the E in E-I-N stands for ego. And when you can remove your ego from your business decisions and really understand like things are going to happen, probably like we're, we're in a business in, in home service. We are in a business of unsolvable problems. Jimmy didn't show up for work today. Karen's pissed because she ran over a nail in her driveway. The property manager is upset because blah, blah, blah. It's like if you have a team that can show up and simply what are you going to do? Like we're a customer service company that just happens to clean things or print things or put roofs on. So when you understand that communication is the foundation of any good business and any one of these unsolvable problems that can occur, it's just like you have a process set up, you have people that you trust. And look, as business owners, no one's ever going to do 100% of the job that you do. What does our buddy Gary V say? If you can hire people at 70%, you're doing a great job. And so the ability to remove your ego, to give up control. If anyone in their business right now is to the point where 
I want to not be involved and I have another venture or I want to go get into real estate or I just want to take a year off and spend time with my kids, whatever the case is, all of that's possible. But the first step of that is removing your ego, understanding that things are going to go wrong, that are out of your control. And when you get in a business that has layers to it in systems, everyone's just looking to you for your reaction. So you can't be the hothead that's blowing up yelling because the shingles got dropped off in the wrong driveway or the guys didn't show up here or someone looked at someone's cat the wrong way through the window. Like whatever the situation was, understanding that you are always, doesn't matter what business you're in, there will be unsolvable problems and unpredictable problems that happen all day and every day. And when you understand that like it's your role to just give the guidance or deal with that, it makes it a little bit easier to disassociate with the day to day and just make sure that things are operating well enough so that, you know, things don't uh, don't go to the wayside. Because we've seen people get removed from businesses and they kind of go to go to shit pretty quick. And that's not what you want either. So if you can find that delicate balance of understanding what you're good at, removing your ego. I know that gave me the path to build a, a pretty successful business that I no longer really have to be involved in very much. Wow, dude, that's some awesome business advice. That is, uh, I encourage anyone to go back and like rewind this or, you know, drag your little thing back and listen to it, watch it again. That was, that's awesome. Cause I know a lot of people kind of want to do that. But like the first thing that you said that stood out to me is that you made that decision. Like that was an intentional thing. Like, hey, I maybe you had a goal, a time frame with it. I want to be removed from this business. I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to consult the book Traction, which I endorse as well. I'm not going to, you know, like I said, there's smarter people that have figured this out, that have been there and done that. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to follow a proven system and I'm going to, you know, do whatever, whatever it is I want to do, you know, for my next business. So that's huge. So being intentional is the first step there. Absolutely. So speaking of which, uh, I also noticed on your website that you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. Uh, what's next? Any other businesses that you might want to might want to start next down the road? Yeah. So I think for me right now, we're on a path with dope marketing where like for the first time in my life, I don't feel as distracted or wanting to do as much or figure something else out. So we have our fourth, uh, I'm, I'm 35. We have our fourth child on the way uh, coming in November. And so for me right now, as I reflect back and I look at my life, we only have this time for any of you parents watching or whatever. I don't mean to get all sappy, but it's like these minutes with these little creatures that we create and we put into the world. It's like, there's so many things in life that we're not in control of. And raising these kids, seeing them grow up, being able to teach them how to deal with these things in the world I want to take dope marketing to the point where we're, you know, I want to put another four or five very strong years into this business. And then from there, you know, I've always, I've dabbled in real estate a bit. Um, that will probably be the next thing for us, but we've been offered some franchise opportunities for our cleaning company. And that always kind of like rubbed me the wrong way because I don't want to take money from someone and say, Hey, give me a hundred thousand dollars and let me be responsible for all the success that you do with this business in a box. And so, you know, with success comes opportunity. And I think right now, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I feel more laser focused than I've ever been. You said something a second again, Joe, about uh, being intentional. My business coach a couple months ago, it was just this year was like, Dave, you got to figure out what your number is, where if you were going to sell, whether it was your cleaning company or dope marketing or whatever, 
understand what that number is and it'll allow you to kind of back out and understand what the path is to get there. And so I'm in this phase right now where I'm by no means looking for opportunity. If anything, you know, with success comes opportunities or people want to partner up with stuff. I more am really trying to stay focused on like, how can we continue to make direct mail as simple as humanly possible? And one of my nerdy things that I'm up to, so we can get a postcard anywhere in the country right now, like seven to 10 days. And I'm pretty sure by October 1st, I can turn that into four days anywhere in the country. And so that's really like my passion and my motivation right now is to help companies integrate direct mail in their business with no budget, with no minimum order, and really ingrain those systems because I feel like a lot of companies are like, they've had a bad experience that like we talked about, or they're not prepared, or they don't have the time to set this stuff up. My goal is to build as big and strong of a team as possible over the next four or five years to help any size business really implement these strategies because I believe in it, because I've built businesses off of direct mail and omni-channel, cross-channel marketing. And I think that there's a lot of businesses that aren't educated enough in this stuff, but there's also not enough resources to help with these things. So with a combination of guys like Joe, Dope Marketing, kind of lining these things up together, it can just get so powerful so quickly. And so that's really my mission, as opposed to looking definitely a serial entrepreneur. I'm just like the rest of us guys. I see a squirrel. I want to chase it. But being grounded and really being intentional about our goals right now, I think there's a really big problem with direct mail being too difficult for small, medium-sized businesses. That's the problem we're out to solve right now. I love it. I love it, brother. Education, knowledge is certainly power. Applied knowledge is power. So uh, yeah, it sounds like you're just scratching the surface. You guys are killing it. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing. You got a minute to stick around for a little lightning round here? A few quick questions? Absolutely. Love the lightning rounds. All right, cool. This is fun, you know, just like to bring some levity to the, you know, maybe a more serious and, and nerdy marketing Absolutely. conversation here. So you seem like a pretty, uh, pretty locked in dude. What does your morning routine look like? Regimented as of lately. Uh, so I, I, I wake up, um, wake up, check on the kids if they're not up. Uh, I drink two bottles of water, followed by a cup of coffee. Um, I will put on whatever audio book that I'm listening to and I hit, uh, I hit my bands first. So I'm not a big weightlifting guy, but I like to warm my body up, get on the bands. Uh, I hit my Peloton for at least a half an hour every morning. And it's really just my peaceful time for any of you guys that have taken like, uh, cross country road trips or the driving that windshield time is very healthy. So my morning routine, and again, you know, success leaves clues. Every successful person that I ever have spoken to in my life had a very regimented morning routine. So I know one of the hard things for me to break in that morning routine was not touching my phone, not getting on Facebook, not checking email, not getting on Instagram. So I lay out the two bottles of water next to my bed before I wake up. I drink both of those, make my cup of coffee, check on the kids, exercise first, get that out of the way, and then it's off to the day. I love it. I agree. Morning routine. That's like, you got to set the tone for success every single day and, and, and be intentional about it again. All right. So then going from there, what's your, you know, typical daily schedule? You have a family, you've got, uh, well, almost four kids now. So what does that look like? So during the day, you know, guys, as entrepreneurs, what do we do? What do we know how to do best? You know, we know how to work. And so for me, 
I've gotten in a habit of really like I operate off my calendar and I remember the days where I'd be like, all right, Joe, uh, we're chatting. I'm going to send you my calendar link. And I, I always felt like that was like big timing someone You're like, oh, book a call with me. Get on my calendar. I get to the point now, my buddy Tommy Mello, a guy that I take really, really seriously. Any of you guys that don't know Tommy from A1 Garage Doors out of Phoenix, Tommy's going to do a billion dollars in garage doors. And what Tommy really showed me through this strategic implementation is like, my day, I try to keep as regimented as possible or else I'll be all over the place. So I try to get into the office by 9 a.m. Um, I'm out of here. Our last staff checks out at 5. So I try to stay here and see the, see the team out for the day. And then from there, um, I really like to take, uh, you know, we're in Minnesota, so we don't always get the greatest weather, but we experience all four seasons every single year. Like it was 102 degrees here and I wasn't in Texas yesterday. Like it was hot. I like to be able to take, regardless of the weather, do something outside with the kids. I There was this thing I saw online. It was one of those Facebook ads about like being a better dad or whatever. And it was this grid about like the, the, the hours that you have or the days you have with your kids. And I really try to remember that stuff is just like, you know, we're so selfish with our minutes during the day as business owners. And for me, it's like, I don't mean to get corny, but how does a kid spell love? T-I-M-E. And so for me right now, you know, having younger kids, my oldest is eight, uh, my youngest is one, and then we have an, another one on the way, and then David in between there is six, and it's just like my minutes after I get home, I really, really try to be dedicated with the kids because that's all we have. You know, that stuff will be finite, and then we're looking back, and I just – I try to not live with regrets in life. And so anything out of hours as I get older and just trying to be a better dad, spending time with those kids is like the most important thing to me in the world. All right, man. Couldn't agree more. Our kids are nine and six. So similar to your two oldest that I think we're done at two here. But uh, yeah, same thing. That time is so precious for sure. We thought so too. And then COVID got us practicing so much that the other two just got. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. Um, how about a uh, what current what's the book you're reading right now? So it's as, as so. I have, I have two that we go back to. We just actually assigned, we were talking about traction earlier in the conversation. We just assigned every management role in our company is now rereading traction. So I'm actually re, I'm re-listening to traction. But one of my go-tos, if you guys don't have it, is the go-giver. If you haven't read the go-giver, and I'm not, guys, like, I'm not the huge book guy by any means. I have the the wall of all the static books like everyone else, but I'm not always knee-deep or nose-deep in a book. If you haven't read Traction, like Joe and I said, that could do some serious changes to your business. But the go-giver, I actually go phases of that. So I've read it to my oldest. And it's a quick, it's a two-hour Sunday read. You can knock it. I think that book's, what, 120 pages or something like that. The Go-Giver is a book that you can go back to over and over and over and grab a little gem out of. So I would highly recommend to anyone. Traction, of course, is huge if you're a scatterbrained entrepreneur like most of us that can probably get you in line but the go-giver is another highly highly recommended book that i could not uh speak how would i say that without repeating the same word could not speak higher of (laughs) awesome yeah you know what i think i I don't know if i've read it i think it might be on my bookshelf so i gotta go dust it off it's a good Um, one quick read too knock that out in two hours very fast All right. Love it. All right. Cool. So one more final question. What's your next travel destination? Me and the wife are going to Denver uh, for Friday and Saturday to check out for two days. Um, I was just, I was just in Dallas with, uh, 
with TJ and Jack from Hail 911 uh, this week and a little bit of a selfish trip. I just snuck down there quick. But uh, we're doing a really cool trip, me and the wife. Uh, we didn't, the only thing we booked was the rental car. So we have no agenda, no plans, no hotels, no nothing. We're going to drive up to, uh, we got a buddy of ours that lives out in Boulder. We're going to go check that out and just kind of see what happens. So we're there from Friday to Sunday. And, you know, for work, I get around a little bit, but it's always important, like for us, the husband and wife team, because my wife has worked with me since we started our first business. Uh, she's in the cleaning company. She's involved in dope marketing. She's involved in our data business. And so just us being able to check out for any of you married guys, you know, happy wife, happy life. So we're sneaking off this weekend for uh, some much needed, they call it R&R, R&D, R&D, something. Yeah. We're going to hide. Yeah, R&R, uh, dude, I love it. So I, I was traveling last couple of week or last couple of months traveling a ton for work as well. Yep. And, uh, just this past weekend, my wife and I did exactly that. We shot down to Miami for 48 hours and, uh, it was awesome. You know, just us, left the kids here yep. and it was awesome. So you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna, uh, enjoy it for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, this is going to be uh, such a value-packed episode. Can't wait to get this one unpacked and out to the audience for people to learn and, most importantly, implement, right? It's not all about consuming. It's it's all about execution. So Absolutely. thanks so much for sharing, brother. We'll be sure to link to all your socials and your website and everything down below, wherever this video or the audio is. And I uh, look forward to catching up soon. Appreciate you having me, Joe. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Nailed It Podcast. Don't forget to get your free training videos at contractordynamics.com.